0: We are back with episode 13 of the Pig Weekly Podcast, your weekly source for all things Arkansas Razorbacks. Episode 13 is brought to you by In the Clutch Sports Apparel. In the Clutch is a sports apparel store for all your sports needs. They have officially licensed gear from all your favorite players and teams. They also have a host of retro and vintage collections as well. So go check them out. And if you find something you like, use the promo code. All caps, Variety Sports, to receive 10% off anything from in the clutch. Again, that's promo code in all caps, Variety Sports, V-A-R-I-E-T-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S. And that kind of leads us in. You know, Seth, you know what else was in the clutch? That Kentucky win last night going down the stretch and Arkansas finding out how to get a win on the road at Rub Arena. But we'll discuss that a little bit later as we'll first dive into some Arkansas football news. So starting out, Arkansas got some unfortunate news as over the weekend, four-star quarterback from Little Rock, Walker White, committed to Auburn. Um, I think his top three was Auburn, Baylor, and Clemson. So it kind of starts making you think what, what kind of happened there. And I think when you look at it, I think part of it is they said that he wasn't heavily recruited by Bryles.
1: I don't really understand that either I mean I kind of thought he fit the mold for Browse's scheme I mean he had a ton of rushing yards I think he was in his high school career he averaged like 8.2 yards per carry um, through 25 touchdowns only nine picks last year Um, I mean those are those are decent numbers I think one of the things that was one of the only detriments I saw was just his completion percentage but I mean that's, that may not always be on the quarterback. You can't always go off of that necessarily. kind of depends on the receiver talent he had around him. But I, I definitely thought he at least fit the, the scheme enough to get some recruiting there. So I'm, I'm not really sure what happened there. I'd like to know more on that for sure.
0: I feel like maybe it could have been more of he played in more of a pro-style offense where, you know, Browse um, was more of an option type you know, offensive scheming system. And so really didn't see him fitting in. Plus, you know, I don't know if there could have been some thought of, well, we've got Criswell here and Singleton coming in and we, our quarterback room is going to be kind of loaded, but on the flip side, that like, you don't want to let your top in-state recruits get out.
1: Yeah, that's definitely tough. Probably a lot to that as far as him thinking he could get some immediate playing time versus, you know, maybe having to sit the bench for a couple of years if he came to Arkansas. So they're, I'd be curious to see I, I think that Chriswell situation was very similar to that and obviously he he transferred back in so this I'm not going to say that's going to happen with Walker White but I mean there's always that potential if year or two down the road if he does want to come home there's a spot for him you know that'd be be something to watch out for.
0: Very true and I think you know you know there's still time over the next 10 months for you know Enos to still recruit him because he's only committed He hasn't signed and anything so I think Part of that could fall into it as too with the uncertainty at offensive coordinator, especially with the rumors of browse leaving and who who would be coming in. I think so. I know Enos right after we hired him went down and visited him right away, and you know one visit is not going to change a kid's mind if another school has been recruiting him hard for you know a year two years. So I think maybe over these next ten months before signing date next season, maybe. You know, has more conversations with him and kind of sways him a little bit, but who knows? We'll see. Got,
1: got to go get some nil money, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> kind of that's the way of the world
1: nowadays. So, I mean, there there may be more to that than than is initially released too. So, that, that'd be something to watch out for as well. It's very true. I'll I'll cover the next portion here, um, kind of following in some football news as well. I, I think we we missed talking about it last week, but on the twenty eighth of January, the uh, university had. A uh, second prospect visit day. Um, had several prospects out there. Um, I just kind of read some reports that they all had a pretty good time showing them around the university and whatnot. A lot of the a lot of the prospects had good things to say about the university, the coaches, um, just kind of the the atmosphere and the culture around. Yeah, so a couple of quick takes. I know um, kind of shared some some rough QB news, but 2025 recruit Sawyer Anderson. Um, he's quarterback he only had good things to say about the culture and especially on Enos track record. Um, so I'd be curious to kind of see how his recruiting process shapes out over the next year and a half. Um, and then Tion Gray, defensive tackle recruit. He kind of had a pretty cool take. I thought he spoke pretty highly of the university's connections and how since there's no pro teams in Arkansas, that the school has a lot more statewide attention than a lot of other schools do. And you you see it, kind of outside of the football realm where a lot of guys that want to stay in Arkansas can make careers even outside of football just by being affiliated with the school. Um, Obviously, like Jake Beckett's a great example of that. Um, There's there's several others. So that was definitely a, a unique take I thought that some recruits could look at maybe that maybe don't have NFL aspirations but still could be good fits at the school. It's very true. And
0: I think that kind of attests to kind of the you know culture and program Sam Pittman's setting up here is, you know, you know, no, not every guy is gonna make it to the NFL. And, you know, I think that kind of shows that he's the university also puts emphasis on setting up, you know, kids and athletes for success after school, whether you go play pro or you don't.
1: Yep, it's very true heck even even guys that go play pro for a couple years and then come back into the state and you know I think Ryan Mallett's coaching in state um obviously he had a stint in the pros and we just talked to Drew Morgan last week he had a stint in the pros and he's back to coaching in the state so even even outside of coaching plenty of guys are doing things in other career fields so there's there's a lot of connections that could could be made when you're at the university here that I'm. I'm not so sure all other universities have the same the same opportunities that we provide.
0: That's true. And so good things to come. Hopefully, you know, as we get more news, everything's kind of quiet down on the football front. You know, I, spring practice is going to start up here in March. So we'll start seeing a few different things shake out as far as kind of how depth charts are going to land and things of that nature and what what kind of health you know the team has going into that spring practice so but now we'll jump over to some Arkansas basketball news as uh, basketball's in full swing mid-conference you know into the meat of the schedule and Arkansas is on a winning streak right now as they went in on Saturday and played South Carolina on the road and edged out a close victory 65 to 63 I think this is a a good victory for them to be able to get one on the road and kind of get that mentality that they can win on the road. Um, When you look at the scoring, I think the thing that a lot of fans have been wanting to see all year was Jalen Graham came off the bench this game to lead the team in scoring with 16 points. Um, Devo Davis had 15 where he went four of 10 from the three point range and Anthony Black had 13 points. But I think that's significant with Jalen Graham. We're seeing him slowly get more playing time, and I think you can see why, because he can be a, a scoring threat whether he starts or comes off the bench.
1: Yeah, He's just some added depth and his size and wingspan. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of size on the team as a whole, but he's he's really kind of to grow into the defensive side of things as well. I know that was, in my opinion, kind of his liability early on, but he's he's earning that playing time. He's always been able to score, but he's he's really earned that playing time with his defensive improvements. So I, I really thought he played great against South Carolina on both sides of the ball and definitely hope he kind of carries that
0: forward. I was about to say, yeah. And then, you know, when you look on, you know, the boards, Jordan Walsh led this team in rebounding with 10, followed by Black with six, and Devo and Mikhail Mitchell both with four. And in this game, the team shot 47.3% from the field, going 26-55. of 55. 26.7% from the three point range going 4/15 and 69.2% from the free throw line going 9 of 13. So, you know, decent shooting percentages but um still a very close game that we, you know, I think it shows some resiliency that this team has to fire to they they want to win. They found a way to win when especially when, you know, South Carolina came, South Carolina came back with their own gut punches and they they figured out how to move past those move past those and stretch out that win.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute, too, about that Kentucky game, but I I think this game was a really good setup game, considering it was on the road as well, Um, and we were up by, I mean, 10, 10, 12 points pretty much the entire second half until right at the end, and South Carolina came back with a pretty hard push. We, like you said, found a way to kind of squeak it out, Um, had a couple good defensive possessions right at the very end of the game to kind of hang on to that game and win, Um, and I think that that, um, I guess you could say scare, maybe. Um, definitely, I think that carried over into the way we finished the Kentucky game um, last night. Um, we, we'll talk about that more in a minute, but that didn't happen in the Kentucky game. We were, you know, 10, 15 points pretty much the entire second half, and uh, we we kept that lead. So I, I think this was a good game where we learned a, a almost a really tough lesson there on kind of taking our foot off the gas too early. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that was a, a good learning experience that we carry for, especially on road games where you you can't can't give an inch at all because you let crowds get back into it, their team starts hitting a few shots, you get a little bit lackadaisical on defense, and you can you can lose a game in a hurry if you're not careful.
0: It's very
1: true. We'll uh, kind of switch gears here and and look at the women's basketball game that happened on February 5th. Um, they kind of got back on track with a win, 54 to 51. Aaron Barnum led the team in scoring with 14 points, followed by Michaela Daniels with 11, and then Sailor Poffenberger had 10. Um, Poffenberger led the team in rebounding with 10, followed by Aaron Barnum with 9, and then Samara Spencer with 6 rebounds. Team shot 26.9% from the field, so not the greatest percent on the uh, shots. They're going 14 to 52. They only shot 13% from three, going 3 to 23 and then shot 59% from their free throw line going 23 of 39. Um, So not the best shooting percentages there, but they did find a way to to win this game. So commendation to them. I think points were kind of hard to come by. Um, Obviously got to improve on the three-point shots. Shooting 23 and only hitting three is kind of hard, but if you can find a way to win even with that type of percentage, you know, your defense stepped up. They, they went to the line 39 times, so they were definitely getting into the lane some, too. Sailor Poffenberger had a double-double in this game with 10 points and 10 rebounds, so something to celebrate right there for her.
0: I was about to say, that, that's true, especially with her being a freshman. I think she's showing, you know, why she's been a star freshman and been awarded freshman of the week several times this season. So I think that's, like you said, we got back on track with this win, and I think hopefully they can carry some momentum into their game, you know, coming up tomorrow versus Vanderbilt. But um, we'll get into that a little bit later. But, yeah, I think, you know, we, we're we starting to see – get down to crunch time with the SEC schedule as we're rounding out conference play, getting ready for tournament time.
1: Yeah, I know we talked about it some in the previous weeks too where we've lost a lot of close games. Um, I'm really hoping this was kind of that game that really gets them over the hump, kind of learning to, learning to win a tough one especially when you're not shooting the best, they still found a way to win that. So definitely an improvement there. Um, I think the last five or six games have all been pretty close other than the South Carolina game. That was pretty rough, but definitely good things coming in in the women's basketball department.
0: Very true. So now we'll jump over to the Arkansas men's basketball team played Kentucky last night, and what a game that was. I think Arkansas came out, they got a big win, winning 83 to 73, so not just winning the game, but winning the game by 15 points on the road in Rupp Arena, which is a tough place to play. I feel like it's you know almost second in the SEC to Bud Walton, as it has a similar capacity, but a tough place to play, and you know for Arkansas to come in and get a road win, like we just said a minute ago, something that this team struggled with thus far this season, but kind of has found a way to turn it around, and I think Part of that goes into you look at, you know, the scoring this game. You had Ricky Council lead the team in scoring with 20 points, followed by Anthony Black with 19 and Mikael Mitchell and Devo Davis with 15. But also you had five players in double figures. Along with Mikael, you had um Walsh that had 13 as well. So, you know, a lot of balanced contribution throughout the roster.
1: Yeah, I thought th- this was really the, the first game this season. Uh, we've had some – some other games that we did pretty well, I thought, across the entire team for the whole game, um, just with spurts where we might have struggled here and there. But this this the entire game, it seemed like to me, we actually played good basketball defensively, offensively, uh, hitting the glass, all that. I, I, this was one of the most well-rounded games I've seen us play so far. And, I mean, it couldn't come at a better time. I mean, playing a tough team like Kentucky, who is also starting to play some good ball, going into their house and beating them by 15, I mean, that is a – statement win if I've ever heard of a statement win so props to Musselman I think a lot of the the coaching had a lot to do with this game um, and like like I said earlier I really think kind of that squeaking out a win against South Carolina and almost giving up that lead that we had late in the second half I, I really think that kind of geared us up readyed us up for this game hey we can win on the road and let's not take our foot off the gas too soon so they, they really closed this game out well it was a fun one to watch.
0: And even though they didn't, they didn't pack the stat sheet, I think you got to give a big, you know, hand to the Mitchell twins in allowing us to get this win. as you know they were the top two leaders in rebounding, with Makai getting nine rebounds and Mikell getting four, along with Anthony Black and then Council and Devo getting three each. But uh, like I said, it's not all about the stat sheet. They they put up a tough fight against Oscar Shebeu the. You know, reigning SEC Player of the Year, kind of shut him down. You know, limited him to single-digit points and got him in foul trouble as well.
1: Yeah, that that was one of the main the main highlights of the game that you know doesn't get talked about that much is how well those two guys did on on kind of shutting him down. It was definitely a group effort between them two, and then Jordan Walshum as well. I think he he covered well on a few possessions, um, but the way they were able to block some of his shots, alter a lot of his other shots. I mean, he he never could get in an offensive rhythm at all. Um, that's really a testament to Mussman going out and getting some bigger body guys than we have had in a couple of years past. I know Seaway really poured it on us last year. We struggled against teams with big men. I know um, uh, Kessler for Auburn, he poured it on us too. And so props to Musman for going out and addressing that need, finding some guys that can really kind of hang down low. And uh, obviously, props to the Mitchell Twins for stepping up and and really playing well. I think Mikel, if I remember correctly, had um, five blocks this game. And I know two or three of them came on one possession, all on Sheway, where he would kind of get blocked, get his own rebound, try to go back up and get blocked again. So
0: there were some really cool highlight plays there from the Mitchell Twins. That's very true. And I, I think they're finally starting to hit their try to stride. I know makai had been starting a lot of the season so far. And then now these past, you know, four to five games, you've seen an emergence from McHale that's kind of stepped up and also can Gave a lot of minutes, too, and I think part of that's due to, you know, finding a good rotation and, and you know, seeing some bigger size and some SEC competition. But um, along with a great defensive effort, you know, this team had a great shooting night last night where they shot 62, 62.7% from the field going 32 of 51, 44.4% from three-point range going four of nine, and 83.3% from the free throw line going 20 of 24. I mean, you you can't ask for a better shooting percentage line than that right there. No, not at all.
1: I I think this only having to shoot nine threes. um, it's kind of a testament to like you said, we went a little bit bigger this game to try to body up Oscar and a couple of the other guys at Kentucky had the guy good link to. I can't remember all their names, but anyway, I it, it didn't actually hurt us at all not being able to not not shooting very many threes. I mean, Devo hit some clutch ones for sure. Um, it seemed like any time Kentucky would make a three or go on a quick run, Devo would always kind of come up with that clutch play like he, he generally does to quiet the crowd back down, hit a clutch three or make a highlight play or we get a steal and get a transition dunk or something to kind of counter the momentum uh, that Kentucky would try to get. So a lot, a lot of good things came out of this game. Like I said, it was one of the most balanced games on defense, offense, everything involved i mean it was really really fun basketball to watch i think one thing that i um, will kinda add to this it was a tight game through the whole first half a lot of lead changes um couple of ties i think at halftime it was 41 to 40 we were up by a point and uh, to come back out in the second half and kind of make a few adjustments put the clamps on defense and then continue hitting shots i mean that was that was the main thing is Everybody seemed to be taking smart shots and hitting them.
0: That's very true, and I I think too. You know, you look at it. You you know, I think looking at the stat sheet, stat sheet, you had eleven lead changes and six ties. So that kind of just tells you how much of a back and forth game it was. And uh, I know I remember seeing Walsh hit a clutch three last night as well as the you know shot clock expired. You know, from the top of the key. But uh, I think this is just you know, like we said before, you know. Arkansas this season has played several great first halves of games, but kind of you know fall apart in the second half. And I think this was one of the first games that she even put it all together. You know they started they managed to squeak it out last on Saturday against South Carolina, but then kind of regrouped and put it all together in this game. As you, you know, within with four minutes left in the game, you had Kentucky fans leaving the game.
1: That never happens in Rupp Arena, so that's a that's a true testament to going in and really playing physical, playing tough, and and not letting them ever maintain any momentum. I mean, we always had an answer for any of their offensive runs or any of their momentum plays. We we would come right back with a momentum play of our own.
0: Plus, it's always a good time when you to see Coach Cal get a technical as well. That's uh, that's always a good time.
1: I loved it. I loved it.
0: And now we'll jump over to some Arkansas gymnastics, where on February 3rd, Arkansas had a meet against Florida where – they actually moved the meet over to Bud Walton, which I think that was a the thing they started last year and, you know, continued this year. And, you know, I, I attended that. And, you know, that was a great turnout. We set a record for, you know, largest crowd at a gymnastics meet with over 11,000 fans. And Bud Walton, you know, holds 19,000. So that's over, you know, three-quarters of the way field when you, you look at the attendance. But, unfortunately, even though it was a great turnout, Arkansas lost this meet in a close match or meet with Florida, 197.875 to 197.4. So it's like we've said, you know, the past few weeks, all of these SEC matchups are going to be won or lost by less than a point. And I know Florida was ranked number two in the country, you know, in gymnastics this season so far. So, but Florida outscored Arkansas on all the events except for the floor performance where Arkansas outscored them 49.475 to 49.25. I think part of this is they had a gymnast that in two different events scored a perfect 10 in two different events That, that, that makes it hard to beat whenever, you know, you get that kind of talent and scoring there. So hopefully they can get back on track with the upcoming meet this weekend in the neutral side versus Stanford. But, um, I think still. this
1: meet. Oh, sorry. I think this meet was a realistically a true testament to how good Florida actually is. Like I, I saw a stat where one ninety seven point four was our program record, I believe, for highest score we've ever put up in gymnastics. And for it, it kind of hurts when when you set a, a program record for yourself and still lose the meet. I like I said, I really think that's a testament to how good Florida is. Obviously, like you said, having a uh, a gymnast to score too two perfect tens and two different events is pretty incredible. So props to Florida on that win, but a lot of good things for Arkansas too, setting program records, setting attendance records. So a lot of good things there.
0: It's very true. All right, we'll move on from gymnastics and flip over to Arkansas tennis where Arkansas men's tennis had in you know, three matches this over this past week where on February 3rd they played East Tennessee State and won that match six to one. And then on February fifth, they had a doubleheader match versus Illinois State, where they took both those matches four to zero both. So Arkansas men's tennis looking pretty good. You know, start out the season. We haven't got the conference play yet, but you know they're looking like they could be pretty decent men's tennis team this year.
1: It's exciting. Sweep sweep Illinois State and get a good win against East Tennessee State. I know, not big name schools, but wins are wins, man. Can't take it for granted
0: then we'll jump over to Arkansas track and field where track seasons and track and field seasons getting ramped up. And Arkansas men's and women's track team competed in the New Mexico Collegiate Challenge where our men's team placed first in 10 separate events and third place in four different events. You know, that, that kind of just attests to what kind of track program Arkansas has got built here. You know, first place in 10 events. That, that's a tough thing to do. But, you know, we, we did it. So that that is crazy um and especially you look at our after that and you know coming out this week our our men's track team is currently ranked number one in the country so um it looks like we might have a pretty solid track team this year yeah that's that's
1: kind of to be expected frankly so it's good to see them kind of um holding up that that ranking and uh I, i expect to see big things out of them this year they're always always one of the best programs in the country so Hopefully we get another national title there. <laughs> Keep on stacking yeah, them up.
0: That would be awesome to see. And then our, our women's team also competed at the New Mexico Collegiate Classic. Didn't have as good of luck, but, you know, they're still a solid team and maybe they're just working on finding their the right combination and right stride. But they placed first place in one event and they had placed second place in two other events. So, you know, they're still placing and getting points up there. So I think maybe they might have a slower start. Uh, we'll just have to see as the season continues. But I, I think, you know, this women's team track and field team will get you know in the right direction especially with the coaching staff we have here and just the history and mentality that's here as well
1: I'll say this before we move on real quick too but the the longevity that we've had being one of the premier track and field um, programs definitely has made a huge difference on the recruits that we get year in and year out and I yeah I mean i I don't want to throw the word dynasty out there realistically, but I mean, it, this definitely feels like a, uh, a dynasty in a way. But good things happening on the track and field side.
0: It's very true. And so we'll jump over to some upcoming events where we, we've got a chock full weekend of all of Arkansas sports that have been kicked off. So you round, start the weekend out on, you know, your Friday with Arkansas women's basketball taking on Vanderbilt, where, you know, like we mentioned, they, Hopefully, can build off that win versus Auburn and you know get back in, on track in conference play and finish out the season strong. And then, arts on men and women's track are competing at several different events over the weekend, where they have the Tyson the Tyson Invitational here in Fayetteville. You've got the Wisconsin Windy City Invitational up in Wisconsin, and then you also have the Husky Classic in uh, Seattle, Washington. So they're they're going to be uh, busy over the next few days competing in you know the, all those different meets coming up and then we've got softball season getting kicked off here uh friday versus unlv um i think there's a lot of hype around this arkansas softball team this year as you know they they came off of a super regional finish last year where we fell to texas but then you know arkansas comes in and reloads their roster with the number one recruiting class in the nation and i think that attests to what coach difel's building here and so um We'll see what this team does. I think they've got a good balance of players that were on the team last year, but didn't necessarily see a whole lot of playing time just because they were had a lot of talent that next year or last year, and then, you know, a lot of youth this year with some, you know, highly rated freshmen coming in. So and a few transfers as well. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think you can expect big things, hopefully, from this women's softball team this year. And then you also have Arkansas Women's Tennis in a match versus Memphis on the February the 10th, and then softball again playing Weber State. They're playing in some sort of tournament out in Las Vegas this weekend to kick off the season, so they, they have a busy slate over the weekend. And then you have Men's Tennis taking on Washington as well, and then Arkansas Gymnastics, as we spoke earlier, they're – play they're going to have a meet in Fort Worth, Texas, where they'll be competing versus Stanford and Oklahoma as well in that meet. So it's going to be a busy weekend for the gymnastics team as well. Um, And then again, like we said, softball, they got a match on the 11th versus Southern Utah with those other two matchups being on the 10th, one, I believe, at 4 p.m. and one at 9 p.m. And then men's basketball comes back home to bud to play Mississippi state where hopefully they can keep, you know, the, this winning streak going. I know in the past two seasons in the month of February, coach Muss is 13 and one. Um, so he, he knows how to get the teams hitting their stride right in the right time. Um, I know Mississippi state started out the season strong with a tough defense. So that's something that we'll have to see, keep up this play and meant to mention it in the basketball part, but rumor is that we could possibly see uh, Nick Smith Jr. back Saturday in action, which would be big for this team.
1: Love to see him come in. I'm curious to see if he does start playing the the minutes that he gets, you know, how, how long do we want to let him play? And realistically, I mean, do you want to hold him back just kind of from the injury standpoint, but then also just to, it seems like we're really developing some good team chemistry right now. And I know you, you want to have that talent out there, but at the same time, you don't want to mess up the the system that you kind of got in place. So I think easing him back into the mix might be the best decision, but I'm curious to see kind of how that, that approach goes.
0: Very true. Yeah. It came out today that he is back practicing with the team and a quote from either Muss or you know, him saying he's back. So that's something to keep an eye out to see if he plays Saturday and how many minutes he plays. And then on the 11th as well, you, there's another softball doubleheader as they play Weber State as well. Um, and then you move over to February the 12th where women's basketball continues with a match versus or another game versus Missouri. Um, again, hopefully they can keep up that winning streak and finish conference strong. And then Arkansas softball finish up, finishes up their first weekend of softball versus Baylor on Sunday, February the 12th as well. And then you got our Arkansas men's golf team at the Mobile Bay Intercollegiate Tournament going on Friday or February 13th and 14th. And then Arkansas Swimming and Diving will be competing at the SEC Championship on February the 14th as well. So like we said, a, a chop full of events happening over the weekend. So, you know, tune in and catch what you can. You know, you probably won't be disappointed by what you see, especially uh, I myself, I'm excited to watch some basketball and see what all this hype is around with assist softball team
1: yeah i am too i've got high hopes for that softball team this year There's definitely you kind of spoke to it earlier heartbreaking loss against texas in the super regionals at home so um, i i hope they kind of use that i know a lot of the players are new players we lost a lot of starters but hopefully coach duffin kind of use that tough loss situation as some motivation to really kick this year off strong and, and figure out the rotations she's got her work cut out for her with all those new faces so hopefully have a really good year
0: though a lot of talent on that team and, and speaking of softball you know everyone out there you're, you're in for a treat as you know this 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 week we we sat down and talked with you know a former softball player that played for Arkansas in 21 to 22 you know for one season and in her single season as a Razorback, she had 13 home runs had a batting average of three eighty nine, and also won SEC Player of the Year. This week, we're going to welcome into our Hog Talk segment, KB Sides, former Razorback softball player. Let's welcome to this week's episode of and segment of Hog Talk, KB Sides, former Razorback softball player. So let's start with you, KB. How's life going with you right now?
2: It's going great. I just started working and finally got in a good routine of working out like I used to. I had hip surgery in August, so I kind of got out of my routine, which I didn't have a choice. But yeah, it's going great. I'm enjoying it. Um, got a big girl job, so that's new. I'm trying to get used to waking up at like 5.30 every morning again. But you know, it's part of life, I guess.
0: It's very true. So we'll start back, going back a little bit to uh, High school. So, what? When you think about it, what was your recruiting process like in high school and coming out of high school?
2: Um, so, back when I was in high school, you could actually be recruited still uh, before your junior year. And I remember I was playing with my sister. I was on the Vipers, Birmingham Vipers. I think I was in eighth grade, and um, Coach Murphy started to come watch me play. He actually came in high school. Um, to watch me, and then that summer, he came to watch me in Chattanooga, if I remember specifically. Um, my coach, Tim Chapman, knew um, Allison Habits, which is the assistant coach there still, and he just kept coming to watch me play. Um, I ended up going on a visit there in October of my freshman year, but I had also visited a few more places and had contacted a bunch of coaches in the SEC, which is super fun. I was really young, so I'm glad they did change that rule um, because, I mean, when you're that young, you really don't – you don't know all the good questions to ask. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know exactly what to ask. Uh, I feel like you can be easily swayed, and you just – you know, you really just don't know. I feel like a few more years helps development and helps get you to a place of maturity somewhat. I mean, to me, I feel like I didn't really mature until, I would say, last year. Um, definitely the summer before I went to Arkansas. So it was definitely hectic. But after my freshman year, it was pretty easy. I got really, really lucky, really blessed that it was a one and done kind of deal. So that was nice.
0: Yeah. And so coming out of high school, why specifically, I guess, coming to uh, Alabama, just because home state school, or did they um, kind of offer you kind of, or have a program that kind of had what you were looking for the most?
2: So, Alabama actually wasn't my number one. Florida was my number one. I had grown up watching Stacey Nelson, and I literally adored her. I wanted to be like her. I used to pitch way back in the day, and it was shocking. It's kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> so, Bama was actually number two for me, but I jumped on Bama first. That was my home state. My cousin, Brian Bossick, played football there. My aunt graduated from there. Um, and I grown up watching Alabama, you know, I have a picture of Kelsey Dunn and I at the UAB Alabama game when I was probably nine or 10 years old. Um, and they had just come off. I want to say that was close to the year that they had won the national championship. So they had started to get really, really good. And I was like, dang, like, you know, this is awesome. So they kind of offered me something I couldn't turn down. It was only an hour, hour and 15 from home. And it was just what I thought would be the you know best decision. I had an amazing four years there, and I love telling people that I got my degree from Alabama, and it was just really cool to kind of keep that in my family in a way, so.
0: Yeah.
1: Did you have um, parents that went to Alabama?
2: No, I did not. My aunt went there, and I feel like, I mean, there's a photo of me from when I was probably three. I had an Alabama hat on, so it's just kind of been in my blood. I always say I'm one of the most passionate Alabama football fans you've ever met. Like I used to cry and get so upset when we would lose. Um, so I mean, Alabama was just in my blood. I mean, you grow up in Alabama, it's either Alabama or Auburn. You don't really, you know, there's nothing else you go for. So it's like we don't have sports, I mean, uh, pro teams there. So it's like you're like die hard one or the other, you know? So it's just where I wanted to be and I love Alabama. I still love Alabama and I'm really thankful that I got to that experience to go to school there.
0: Yeah. And so I'm sure it was a hard decision, but what kind of went in that decision when you decided to transfer out?
2: Um, I actually ended up not getting the opportunity to come back. So that was not my choice. I did not um, want to leave necessarily, but I had been having a hard time that spring anyway, mentally and just some other things that had gone on that um, I was kind of struggling to decide if I was going to return or not. I had battled an injury which caused a lot of mental issues that I had going on with confidence and whatnot, and just kind of trying to figure out who I was, again, as a player. Because um, I never really played up to my expectations um, other than my COVID year, which was my junior year, where I started off really hot and then season got shut down. So I don't know. I was trying to figure out what I was wanting to do, and then I just ended up not getting to return. So I went into the portal, my travel, old travel ball coach for the Thunderbolts, actually was like, you need to go get in the portal right now. And I was, you know, upset, clearly. Um, so I went and got in the portal. And that was really fun to go through the recruiting process again. After, you know, years and years of not talking to all of these other coaches, that was super fun and super exciting, which kind of sparked this new, um, not new love, but this old love that I had for softball. And it really instilled a lot of confidence in me. So that's how I ended up going to Arkansas, and I'm so glad I did.
1: Can you walk us a little bit through that, that transfer portal process? Um, did you talk to a bunch of different schools and coaches, and how did you actually end up deciding on Arkansas out of that whole process there?
2: So I talked to a few schools, and really all over the place. I talked to most SEC schools. Um, for me, I did not want to go somewhere where I would have to force my parents to pay anything. So I also had that in my mind. And really the most important thing to me was I wanted to enjoy my last year. And I wanted to be somewhere where I would truly fall in love with the game. Obviously, I wanted to be good. But like that was not the end all be all for me. Of course, I'm super competitive and I wanted to go to the World Series. That's been my goal every year since I started playing D1 softball. But at the end of the day, I wanted to enjoy softball again because I love softball. I have always loved it. It's just been a place that, you know, something I was good at, you know, something I've been great at my whole life. And I wanted to end my year on my terms. You know, I wanted to be the one that said, like, OK, I'm done. This is final. Um, so that's kind of how I got to Arkansas. Arkansas is actually my first visit. And my dad um, talked me into going. Coach Diffel was actually the first person to email me, the first person to call me. And I talked to her on the phone for probably over an hour and we had an amazing conversation. We were both like crying on the phone. It was amazing. And at first I was like, dad, I don't want to go to Arkansas. I was like, Arkansas, are you kidding? Um, Which to my surprise, I fell in love with it within five minutes of sitting down with them. Um, after you get past Little Rock with all the cow fields and, you know, it's amazing. I love North. I can't wait to come back. Actually, I love Northwest Arkansas. It's the best place ever. Uh, but anyway, I kept talking to coach D, um, I went up there on my visit and I was like, okay, dad, we'll go. So my dad and I, we road trip together, drove eight hours. Um, we got there and coach D and I think coach Michael, coach Yo, they were in Denver and their flight got canceled. So they drove back through the night to get there in time for my visit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, these people are really, really serious. Um, and they just won me over. I mean, from the moment she called me, all the coaching staff, support staff, I mean, you name it. They just kept reaching out. And she I could just tell she really cared um, about my situation and about wanting me to be a part of her team and what she had built there. And so I definitely fell in love with her and all of the staff before I even got to Arkansas. And I would say within, literally within the first five minutes of sitting down in the Jones Center, I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to come to Arkansas. I didn't tell them that until that night, I think, or maybe the next night. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was the next morning we were on the way home. And I was like, I think I'm going to come to Arkansas. And I had kind of known that the whole night. I just wanted to sleep on it, because I'm not one to make rash decisions. But it one hundred percent was meant to be. I've been praying about it, and um, that's just where I needed to be.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's a cool story, um, and it kind of tells us a little bit about like going into my next question. So, going to a little bit, what is it like playing for Coach Dyfer? Uh,
2: oh my gosh, I, I think that's something me and uh, Coach Yo talk about all the time is. She texted me the other day, and she was like, sometimes I get so mad at God just because I only got one year with you. And that is truly how I feel. You know, I was devastated when we lost to Texas. But, yeah, I wanted to go to the World Series. But the main part, like 90% of that was, dang, like, I'm done playing at Arkansas. And that, to me, was the most devastating, like, part of losing was because I wasn't going to be around all of these wonderful humans for another you know, year like nine months. I always say that nine months I got there. It was not enough. I mean, I wish, I wish I could have been there with them for five years. You know, four plus my COVID year. It was just truly the most amazing experience. And I spent a lot of time with Coach D. Like we still chat, and I hope to come back to Fayetteville soon. Uh, I'm trying to you know figure out when I can take off on a Friday and fly up there. But she's just an incredible person I mean she gave me a hug every single day we I don't know I just went over there a lot and played with her kids and Joe her husband he's wonderful we had a lot of great conversations and I just felt like she was another mom to me in a sense but also a friend and just somebody that I really look up to that I hope I can just be like one day the older I get you know and she just truly models I feel like models her life after service and after love and that is just who she is. I mean, like I said, I had fell in love with her on the phone. And, you know, that's hard to do, especially going through what I went through and, like, trusting people again. So, I just, I mean, ugh, I love her. She truly is what you see on TV. You know, like, I remember watching them win the SEC in 2021. 20, and that's kind of one of the things my dad mentioned. He was like, okay, let's go to Arkansas and visit because – I remember vaguely it was, I want to say it was May. It had to have been May when they won the SEC or whenever it was. But I remember watching, they were at LSU. And I remember watching her talk about the team and just watching how genuine and loving and just how raw and emotional she was. So that kind of was in the back of my mind going through my recruiting process. And she truly is the most amazing human. I mean, I know if I needed anything, I could call her and, I've had a couple of decisions I've had to make over the past six months. So it's like, you know, hopefully my parents don't get mad if they hear this, but I feel like I call her before then. because like, she just, you know, she just gets it. She was an athlete. She played softball. And I don't know. I just relate to her on so many levels and she has probably been one of the most impactful people in my entire life. I mean, I put her on my resume to get a job. So if that tells you anything, <laughs> that's who she is.
1: That's Awesome. I'll, I'll take this next one here, um, kind of change it up a little bit, but in your year here in Arkansas, um, during conference play, whenever you guys played Alabama, um, did you still have a lot of teammates on Alabama that were still there after you had left that you got to play against? How did that, how are those interactions? Was that kind of a special game for you, or had all that pain? Um,
2: out? So when I was a junior, yeah, we played at Arkansas, so actually yeah, I remember Mary was still there. She was pitching. Um, I didn't get to play with Autumn. She graduated. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I know Lenny would have been there. I think Kana Gamble would have been there. So it's kind of crazy because in that moment, like, I didn't think anything about transferring. But it's like when I got to Arkansas, it's like they are just all so nice. And everyone was so kind and generous and just – I truly love those girls. They all are the most amazing women. I mean, it starts from the top. It starts from the coaching staff. And it was kind of crazy because (laughs) when I got there, I was like, you know, I remember playing Arkansas and like, they were just kind of, I don't know. They kind of scared me a little bit, but when I got there, it was like, wow, these people are not, you know, as intense off the field. Like they truly are like, I had so much fun. I mean, every day. And you know, when you get to be a fifth year, everyone talks about this, even your fourth year, uh, which some people won't get the chance to get a fifth year after the COVID stuff wraps up. But we joke about it as like, when you hit a fourth year, when you're a senior, it's like, dang, like, you know, the weights, the early mornings, the practices, they start hitting your body like really, really hard. And, you know, I was quite injury prone. I will say, I didn't have very much luck when I got to college, but every day I was like, okay, you know, I love this. I just fell in love with softball because of them. Um, not a morning person at all, but as soon as I got to weights every morning, it was just like, it, whoever I saw, no matter what, it just made my day already better, even at 6 a.m., you know, so it was just like, I really, truly enjoyed every single minute of my experience at Arkansas, which is really special, because I will say in the past, sometimes I was like, oh, I don't want to do this again, but I also think, you know, it could have had something to do with my last year, I knew it was my last year, no matter what, so I truly I try to take in every single second and honestly I have never had nine months of my life go by so fast and I look back now and I'm like, I wish I could just go back and experience literally even just an hour just with them and with everyone just being around the team and the coaches I would literally give anything to be able to go back and experience it again.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool to kind of have that experience, especially coming in for such a short time. And mm-hmm. so kind of rounding out. So from your perspective, what are you kind of expecting from this Arkansas team this upcoming season, especially with them having, you know, coming in with the number one ranked recruiting class? What, what do you see from this team this year?
2: Well, I know they're very young because we had a great class graduate, but they did a really good job. Um recruiting and they are returning some awesome players I mean we had girls that you know were not in the starting lineup that were phenomenal I mean phenomenal hitters phenomenal pitching just phenomenal all around we had a really deep you know bench we really did we just didn't get the opportunity to use everyone so they're going to be really young but I know they can play I actually got to see them when I went back in August to Finish up some of my uh, physical therapy with my trainer, Andrew, that's still there. Uh, I actually got to watch them. They have some studs that came in. And I know the two transfers, their studs, uh, I is it Callie Peak. I can't remember her name, but Tina and uh, I can't remember her name exactly. But watching them play, I was like, dang, they're really good. And, of course, Shanice is back. Um, I really think if they just stay the course, you know, they're going to shock. A lot of people, because, you know, it's hard to rebuild. It's hard to rebuild when you lose more than half of your starting lineup. But I know the coaches, if they'll just trust them and trust what they say, they're going to be right at the top, which is what they're ranked right now. And that's what I was expecting, because, you know, you have Shanice. She's a fierce leader. Hannah Gamble, she's fierce on the field. And it's just like stepping into your roles. And, you know, sometimes I say, like, being young and being a freshman is really tough. Um, Some people handle it well um some people kind of get caught up because it's just a different kind of pressure than you know what they're used to but a lot of the time freshmen had this like okay like you know I'm a freshman starter and I'm gonna kick tail no matter what which is awesome you want those kids so I think they're gonna be great I am so pumped to watch them play I know they have some great leaders they still have the bats the pitching you know it might even be better they had speed they have power I'm pretty sure the infield might even be better. You know, like I just keep hearing these things. And Coach O and I, we still talk a lot, probably once a week, just updating each other on what we're doing and just learning about the team. And I've heard nothing but great things. So, I mean, I just with that coaching staff, they're going to be great no matter what. I mean, they know what they're doing and they know how to, I guess, put the girls in in the right direction. So, you know, I guess to everyone, if they start out slow, So, what? You know, we lost to Washington pretty bad the first two games in Mexico. And we had some rough games that first weekend, but it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish, obviously. And a lot of growing gets done during February to May or to June, you know? So it's like they're going to have to go through some kinks. That's part of being young, but I know they're going to be great. They have a lot of talent. So it's going to be so fun to watch.
0: So, kind of wrapping it up here. So, how has the transition been from playing to now being out of college and like you said starting your career?
2: Well, it was really hard at first. I mean, I did camps all summer and I didn't really take a day off. So I was still around softball. And then August I had surgery and surgery was really hard on me. I had been told over and over, you know, you're going to miss it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, it'll be fine. Well, I had a really, really tough time this fall with it because I was trying to decide if I wanted to play pro or not. And after into, you know, considering it, I was like, okay, I don't need to put my career on hold. Um, so maybe one day in the future, I don't know, maybe next year, who knows. But right now I needed to really go ahead and get my foot in the door in sales, which is what's always been my dream. So I had a great opportunity. I could not turn down whatsoever. So I had to go ahead and pursue that. But I'm not saying I would never not play for just summer, just, you know, see but that was tough for sure, but when I finally, you know, got out of my physical therapy and could work out, could get up and move around and not be exhausting, it was great. You know, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now, and hopefully when I get used to the early mornings of working a rural job, I can start doing some softball camps again here soon and maybe join the company, like, softball league team. I don't know. We'll see. So... I think it break's good. I'm interested to see how I feel watching everyone. It'll be cool being an alumni, but I for sure had my days where I miss it a lot. Um, I miss it every day. You know, it's something I've literally been raised to do my whole life. That's all I've ever done. You can ask my friends, like it's all I've ever done. Everyone knows me as softball and that's cool, but at some point you have to find a different you know, you have to find yourself again and find that new identity because softball can't really be your life, your entire life. You know, like I have to get a real big girl job, and so it's it's gonna be cool trying to figure out what my identity is without softball. Um, so that's what I'm definitely excited for. Uh, I try to work on that my senior year. Like, okay, softball isn't your identity. You know, like who really are you? and What do you want to do? So that's really important um, coming out of college, which I did struggle with for a little bit. I was only a couple months, but. I worked through it and I'm excited to see what being an alum feels like. So maybe one day I'll pick up the bat and cleats again, but I gotta train some more before I do that because I honestly haven't swung a bat, but maybe one time since May.
1: I, I got a quick question for you before we let you go. Um I know you said you've kind of participated in some camps and stuff like that. Have you was your was your major in business or anything like that, or have you ever considered getting into coaching at all. I don't know if your major was anything related to that, but is that on your mind? You no,
2: I actually got my, um, bachelors in marketing at Alabama. I did some communications classes at Arkansas. Um, I never really wanted to coach necessarily. I gave lessons literally my entire life since I was 15 until probably January of last year, right before season started. um, I always tell people I like to play softball more than I like to teach it. Um, I guess because I'm super competitive and like super cutthroat when it comes to it. But that doesn't mean like I love doing my camps. I will say it was super, once I got going, I was like, okay, this is so much fun. And talking to all these little girls and just seeing their faces light up, that was truly remarkable. Um, I've never really coached a team by myself. I've always done camps or one-on-one lessons, so I don't know. Maybe one day, um, I would say if anything, softball wise, I would be, I would like to run an organization, maybe behind the scenes, like the business side of it, just to keep my footprint in softball. But I'm sure at some point, again, I might get back into lessons, might get back into coaching of some sort. But I mean, I did it for 15 years, if not longer, 15, 17, whatever of my life. So I definitely needed a break. It was a much needed break from it but I'm definitely not out of softball for the rest of my life. So, yeah.
0: I like it. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know you touched on it and we, we, we hope to, you know, like you said, see you back here at Bogle sometime this season to, you know, cheer all the hogs in person. I know you said you'll see what happens, but you know, hopefully you get back this way and, you know, see you. I
2: definitely will. I don't, my dad actually today when I was on, was I I'm not even on the way home from work or to work. I can't remember because it was literally 6 a.m., but he was like, hey, do you want to go to Arkansas one weekend? He's like, if you go, let me know and I'll drive up there. So, I'm definitely going to end up going for sure. I have a trip like I want to plan before then, but I w- kind of want to go up when they play Georgia. I'm pretty sure it's Georgia's at Arkansas and I want to see Gibby um, and Dallas Good Night. She plays at Georgia now and obviously everyone in Arkansas. So, I want to see some of my people and of course, I have the restaurants I want to go eat at because to me Fayetteville has the best food ever. That's so true. I have like a list of places I want to hit, and of course I have to go to Seven Brew. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to come back up 100. percent I had thought about going to Vegas this weekend actually, um, but I went out, ended up getting this job with so I was like, oh, crap, I can't, you know, I can't take off this soon. So unfortunately, I'm not able to do that. But I will be back in Fayetteville. I'm shooting for hopefully the beginning of. April, somewhere in April, and I might come back for the SEC tournament. So,
0: That's awesome, man. and uh, we, we appreciate you taking the time to come chat with us. I know a lot of Arkansas fans are going to love to hear, you know, this interview, and so, yeah, anything else from you, Seth? I'm good,
1: man. Appreciate your time for sure.
0: Um,
2: yeah, thank you, guys.
1: Look forward to seeing you around Bogle, hopefully.
2: I know. I should be back. I'll probably post it when I'm there, obviously, but I definitely will. So, I appreciate it.